0: Hey cottage Chillers and friends, thanks for joining us for another worship opportunity here online. I'm Jeff Chandler, I'm one of the pastors here at Cottage Hill Church, glad you're joining us. I'm here in our cafe, which Sunday mornings is usually pretty noisy with people getting coffee or breakfast sandwich or donut and most importantly just connecting with each other, part of our, part of our mission statement to cultivate a body that's equipped with the word and empowered by prayer to make disciples that change the world. So. It all can all happen here. We hope it will be in the next couple of weeks. Now, this morning we look at that those times when God is speaking to you. He's trying to lead you. He's giving you opportunities. And we kind of turn back on those. Not a, not a side of Lot's wife that we often think about. We'll be looking in at that in a little bit. First, Jen and Gavin are leading us in worship from Hawaii before they move home this week. So thanks for joining with us. Hope this is a blessing to you.
1: Conacho family, we're so excited to be with you on another Sunday. Uh, let's just pray and get started. Lord, we thank you for uh, this morning that you've given us. God, I just pray that you would uh, be here with us in, in this worship, Lord. I pray that our hearts would be open to you, Lord, and uh, that we would just be able to worship you in spirit and truth, God. We thank you for meeting us here today, God. We
0: love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.
1: nor forsake us. And we thank you for that, especially in this time, God. Be our strength, be our comforter, be our redeemer. Lord, you are so worthy of our praise. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: is Ted Shabelli. I'm one of the pastors here at Cottage Hill Church. Thank you for tuning in this morning and um, hope it's a blessing to you and just want to open a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to open your word and Holy Spirit, we just pray that we would see truth that you have for our lives. Thank you that uh, whether we're close near somebody or separated that we're never far from you thank you that you've given us that holy spirit so i just pray that you bless our time this morning god and use this in each one of our lives you know exactly where each one of us is at we pray to bring glory to your name we pray amen okay this morning i want to just look at a couple of sections of scripture one is in genesis 19 and the other one will be luke 17 give you a chance to uh Turn there or a go there, whatever you have, a Bible or a device. So I just want to give you a little background. In Genesis 19, we're talking here about Abraham and Lot. And just a little background, um, when they came into the Promised Land, Abraham gave Lot of choice, and Lot chose the Jordan, the plush Jordan Valley. And uh, the problem was, it was adjacent to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, which, as we know, just if you just heard those words for the first time, or maybe you heard someone talk about it. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was a city that was, was a very worldly city. It was a city that was filled with sin. Um, and that was Lot's choice. He wanted to go there. And so um, I want to just skip through a couple of verses here to just give us an idea of what was going on. Um, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah were so bad that God was going to destroy it. Abraham had had talked a couple of times to God interceding, would you save the city if there were 100, if there were 50, if there were 20, if there were one, would you save the city? And so what happens in chapter 19, two angels of the Lord are coming to destroy the city. And what happens is Lot allows them into his house. Um, he, he provides for them, not realizing um, that he hears a knock on his door and the men outside there uh, want to have a, this is how bad the city was, a sexual relationship with the two angels. And so what happened was, um, this is Lot's mind, he, he, he chooses to send out his two daughters instead of the two angels. And so Lot was a believer, but this is what had happened to his life. Um, over time that he was drawn into that to that worldly city and so here in chapter 19 verse 13 here the angel saying we will destroy this place because the city the cry of them has gone great before the face of the lord and the lord has sent us to destroy it in verse 15 and when the morning arose then the angels hastened lot saying arise take your wife and your two daughters which are here lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city in verse 17 it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad he said escape for your life look not behind you neither stay here and all the plain escape to the mountain unless you be consumed and so then we see over in verse 23 the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zohar then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone of fire from the Lord out of heaven and he overthrew those cities verse 26 but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt so now i want to go over to the new testament When Jesus was talking to his disciples, that's chapter 17, Luke 17, verse 26, and it says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They eat, they drank, they married wives, and were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also was, was in the days of Lot. They, eat, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And this is Jesus talking. Even thus shall it be in the days of the Son of Man is revealed. And that day he which shall be upon the housetop and the stuff in the house, let him come down and take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. In verse 32, Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. And I was just thinking how when you look through the the words of Jesus in the New Testament, he never said anything like, remember David, remember Moses, remember Elijah. But I really believe it was a warning that Jesus was speaking to the disciples saying, remember Lot's wife, remember her. And I, really, I know that he wanted them to understand the deeper meaning of what he was saying because it was a warning. And so, I just want to cover, uh, look at three areas in Lot's wife, uh, spiritually, in her spiritual life to be remembered. The first thing was, consider her spiritual privileges. She was privileged in her relationships. She was married to the only family on earth serving the one true God. Talk about a privilege. She had watched Abraham. She had, and Abraham was Lot's uncle. She had seen what Abraham was. She had seen his faith. She saw in um, Genesis 14 how Abraham uh, delivered um, Lot from destruction. She saw the power that was in Abraham's life. And so here she was, you know, Well, in James 2.23, it says, Abraham was called a friend of God. So this was a a man of God, and she was able to marry into that family. So she was able to see the things of God. So you talk about a privilege. She was privileged in in Revelation. Um, Because of her relationship with Lot and Abraham, she learned a few things about God. She knew who God was. She was able to see God work through Abraham's life. And so she had an example of what the living God was like because she could hear Abraham and she could see the things that he did. Kind of like um, she was acquainted with deity. She was able to visualize it. What happens is she saw that and yet she chose not to follow God's way. And it was right in front of her and you know it's it's kind of interesting that you can be in church you can be in a situation where you see the things of god you can visualize and watch and yet not follow through and believe in the living god it's kind of scary when you realize you can be so close and yet so far away and this was, this was uh, Lot's wife. It has more, it has, what ha- has to happen? It has to move from your head to your heart. You can know about God, but you know him. And the Bible says in John three sixteen, whosoever puts their faith in him, in Romans, but in John, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him, will not perish but have everlasting life and in Romans 10 it says believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved it has to come from the head to the heart and that's what faith is and faith is something in in within someone's heart that God can see God can see if someone really and truly believes in him so as we go along here and we see the Lot's wife We begin to notice some things. Um, Acting on what you know is what saves you. Acting on that believing is what saves you. Not the fact that you know about God. Because I I know myself, I knew about God. I thought I knew God, but I really didn't know God. She was aware of the destruction that was coming. God graced her by sending angels to warn her and her family now can you imagine because as we read here the angels actually took their hands and led them out of the city just imagine two angels grabbed your hand and led you out you would think I'm going to follow what they're doing and I'm going to do what they say and here we see that she couldn't follow through with that Genesis 19:26 is that she was lagging behind the others She was aware of the destruction, she knew the impending doom, and she refused to flee because it didn't phase her. It's kind of sad when you have your life and you hear truth, you hear the words of someone speaking, besides what we may be hearing this morning, someone has talked to you, you hear what they say, Maybe you recognize it as truth, but you don't follow through with what's being said at all. It didn't phase her. How many people that do we know that today they know judgment is coming and it doesn't phase them at all. They've heard things, they've read things. they might have heard a preacher on TV say, you know the second coming of Christ. And I want to have you look at a verse in Second uh, Thessalonians, verses one seven through nine. Yeah. Let me get there. Yeah. And and to grant relief to those who are afflicted, as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So destruction is coming and it doesn't faze people at all. I know in my life there was things that didn't phase me at all either. But as we see, as we go on here, we'll see God's grace come in and how much he loves us and how much he desires us to know him. And to have a relationship with him another thing she was privileged was in her responsibility she was given the opportunity a chance to change to believe and to be saved yet she squandered the chances and from what I can understand someone may argue was was Lot's wife a believer or was she not was she a believer or was she not a believer Bible isn't clear I would kind of lean towards that she wasn't really a believer but she squandered her opportunity um, the privilege that she had of the conviction and that's the good the great thing about god is that he will um, initiate to you first and draw you to himself jesus said no man can come to me unless the father which sent me draws them and there's a verse in john six 44 i'm going to have you look at No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So what we see is that the Father is drawing people all the time, and we have a choice whether we want to respond to that drawing. So here, the first thing was we consider the privilege. The second thing is consider her spiritual problems. People wondered why would she look back? The angels have her hand. They're taking her out. They tell her destruction is coming. Why would she look back? I think one of the things was she had a problem. Um, I see three spiritual problems that she had. She had a problem with faith. She lived in disbelief. She looked back because she did not believe God, probably thought God was bluffing. He's not going to really do that. And that just shows you the content of her heart. She still didn't trust and believe in God. And she had seen God work. She had seen God work through Abraham. And she had even seen God work through her husband, Lot, who at times um, was a little shaky in in his walk of faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith and believing in who He is. People today, people who don't know Jesus, still make the same gamble today. But the thing is, He isn't bluffing. He's telling us, He tells us He loves us. And He tells us the consequences of not receiving that love and not believing in Him. I'm not going to have you you look there, but in Luke 16, there's a parable about a rich man. He had so many riches. He didn't know what to do with them. And so he says, I'm going to build greater barns and and greater structures to store it all in. And that day, God says, your soul will be required of you today. That man was, was consumed with his riches. How hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? It's as hard as a camel to go through the eye of the needle, the Bible says. It's difficult. It doesn't mean you can't be rich and get into heaven. It just means the love of riches. Another problem she had was, I would say she had a problem with her face. Uh, it was disobedience. She comm- she was commanded not to look back. We won't go back to but Genesis 9 17, 1917 says, The angel said, Do not look back. So why would she look back? Why would she even consider even doing that? The thought I had was her eyes look back on a lost life, on a lost lifestyle, on a lost city. She wanted, she still wanted what was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so her, in her mind, she was losing that life. She was losing everything that, that was involved with that. She was losing that city and here god was saying to her i'm going to destroy the city because of its sin one person says when you gaze when you gaze whatever you gaze on your feet will follow fixing your eyes on the wrong thing is dangerous because whether because if you dispute whether lot's wife was a believer you can look at it as if she was a believer. If you look back to the things where you came out of, your eyes gaze upon that, your feet will follow you that way. You will go in that direction. So you wonder how could a person become a believer and then go all the way back into that world because their eyes are on the wrong thing. And it happens little by little. They were in Sodom and Gomorrah. Actually, where they were in that Jordan Valley, um, Sodom and Gomorrah was just to the side of them. Abraham gave them a choice, and Lot chose that city. And we see the consequences of that. Lot's wife was out of Sodom, but Sodom was not out of her. It was still inside of her. That lifestyle and what she was involved with, the Bible doesn't give details, but it was she was leaving that city, but the city was still inside her. She wanted to go back. Another thing is she had a problem with focus, there was deception involved. Probably the family felt that she was a follower of God, and they may have have assumed that. There's a verse, there's one I have you look at in 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. Some people appear to be godly, and yet within them, the truth is not there. An appearance of godliness. There's a lot of religious people in this world. When you look at them, you think that they're a lover of God. I'm not the judge, but God sees the heart. It doesn't necessarily mean anything what you see on the outside. That's why God is the only one who can judge people because he can see the hearts of people. Um, she merely had a professing faith if she wasn't a believer but she didn't possess the saving faith. And what is the saving faith? You can't get around the verse where Jesus says in John three three, unless you're born again you can't see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh you're born into this physical world that's flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's a spiritual rebirth. It's a spirit it's a time where when you come to Christ and you believe in him and you really mean that, something happens inside you. the Holy Spirit comes into your life and now and now you know something is different. You can sense the presence of God. There's not two types of Christians, those Christians and born-again Christians, you're not a, a believer unless you are born again. And that's and that's God's desire. He, he desires you to be born again and be saved. She, she proved what she was by looking back. It's a, you may think, well, that's kind of judgmental. But considering the evidence that was before her, the living God, what she saw in Abraham, what she saw in everything, the two angels taking her, and she turns around and wants to go back, it kind of shows where she was really at again the body was out of sodom but her heart was still there it's kind of a picture of a religious person maybe a church member who who turned over a new leaf but never never has spiritual conversion and that's difficult sometimes because you're assuming people around you are believers because they're in the church as you've heard maybe some people say some people go to hell right through the church basement. They're right in the church. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Your old life has passed and your new life begins. Um, a truly a person who's truly a believer and a follower of Jesus will not be able to enjoy the pleasures and the allurements of the world like before. Let's say you were a lost person and then you became a believer and then you decide you want to go back to where you were before. You may go back there but the allurement will be there but it will the pleasure you thought you would get out of that is never the same. There's there's joy and in, in pleasure for a season, it says in Hebrews, but it's for a short time. And so it's never the same. And yet people over and over do that. They believe in Jesus and they want to go back. They want to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. the final point um third point is we saw that we consider the privilege we consider the spiritual problems and now the third thing consider her spiritual punishment it was sudden proverbs 29 1. he was often reproved yet stiffened his will suddenly be broken beyond healing god has mercy and grace for anyone um And he gives people opportunities to believe and to trust in him and to have eternal life. And then there comes a time where where the knock was loud, the knock gets softer, and then there's an end to that. And if you haven't put your trust in him, there is spiritual punishment. People want to say there isn't a hell, but there is. It wasn't made for us, it was made for the devil and his angels. But people make a choice, and their choice determines their destiny. If you want to look at a couple verses in John 3, 18, Whosoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So it's not like, oh, I'm not condemned yet. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. So what you want to do is become uncondemned. You want to put your faith in the Savior. And then there's a verse in John 3.36 Whosoever believes in the Son has eternal life and whosoever does not obey the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him. God gives us the opportunity whosoever believes in his Son has eternal life. Eternal life Is in the Sun for all of us one day judgment will come and for some of us there's gonna be no more opportunities there's no there's, there's not going to be another chance it sounds harsh to say but God is a loving God and he gives us opportunities to put our trust in him and yet there's so many opportunities. And when they're over, they're over. Um, I mean, it was seriously, I mean, you think about it, she turns around and she turns into a pillar of salt. I mean, talk about swift destruction. Some people may say, well, God's a loving God. He doesn't, he doesn't judge people. He doesn't bring judgment. Well, when you look in the Old Testament, he kind of operated that way. When you look in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, there's judgment. But in between there, there's the grace of God in the New Testament through Jesus that you can avoid judgment by putting your trust in him. It's a choice we make. So we have a just God whose justice and wrath was satisfied in his son when he put him on the cross. The full wrath and anger of God for us went on his son so that if we put our trust in him, we have eternal life, and our sins are forgiven because all of that was put on His Son. When we don't have the Son, then we face God with our own sin, with what it, what we what we did during our lifetime. Again, it's a choice that we can make. Swallowed up by God's wrath, basically, is what happened to uh, Lot's wife. Now, let's think about this this morning. We're in a situation now where, we're you know, stay at home or quarantine, whatever word you want to use, and it's for a period of time, yet we're still able to move around. Just imagine being quarantined in hell, alone, fire, and it's forever, and it never ends. Just think about that in your mind. It never ends. It's like heaven for the believer never ends, and the glory, hell for the believer never ends. And it goes on. It's not going to be a quarantine that's going to be lifted by the, by the governor. It's going to keep going on and on. That's not a place where God wants you to go. It was settled with, with Lot's wife. There was no more chances, it says in Hebrews 10, is appointed unto people or man wants to die, but then the judgment. One opportunity and then there's judgment. the same when time runs out on us nothing but justice or judgment it's it's settled forever we don't have to face the judgment of god as far as heaven and hell if we put our trust in jesus if we don't put our trust in jesus then we face the consequences of that i didn't say that this is what god's word says this is what god says and so there is grace today if you come to christ romans 6 23 It says the wages of our sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ it's a gift it's something you can't earn there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven there's nothing you can do to achieve your way into heaven we've all sinned and if we're sinners who's gonna pay for our sin how are we gonna stand before a holy God well, there is, there is one who paid for our sins. Jesus Christ paid for our sin. and we come to him, we become white as snow. We're clean. Now, that's a gift. Whosoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ should be saved. That word believe means to not acknowledge that there is a God because the Bible says that the demons do that. They acknowledge that there's a God. It's to put your trust in him. It's not complicated. A child can do it. God's, God's desire is that he hopes you respond to him. You respond to his invitation that he wants to give you eternal life. He loves you. He sent the son to die for you. What's the lesson of Lot's wife? You can take God at his word. When he says something, it's true. And what he says will come to pass. So this morning, in closing, the invitation is, if you're out there, maybe maybe you've never heard the gospel like that. It's not about you and church and trying to work your way there. It's about first putting your trust in him. You may end up going to church and growing as a Christian, but you're, but to be saved is to put your trust in Christ. And hear the sound of what I'm saying. His grace is being offered to you. I just want to close in prayer. and If you're out there and you're wondering whether you're a believer or not, just pray along with me. Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner I want to be saved I want to be forgiven I want eternal life I want the peace that you're talking about I want to I don't want to spend eternity in a godless place called hell Lord Jesus I put my faith in what you did at the cross for me you forgave me of all my sins all my sins in the past the present and in the, the future my sins and iniquities you'll remember no more ask them to come in and save you and he will thank you god for this for this free gift that you give us lord and i pray even as Christians, as we go forward, that we wouldn't look back like Lot's wife did and desire those things from the past, or what we thought were pleasure. And we know that Jesus said those words as a warning when he said, remember Lot's wife. Remember not to do what Lot's wife did. We love you, God, and we thank you for this time. Amen.
0: well thanks for spending this time with us we hope you've been encouraged and challenged in your relationship with the lord jesus you can stay connected with us in a couple of different ways through our website cottagehillchurch.com or in a little while if you're watching this on sunday morning at 11 15 we have a zoom kind of connect time just to catch up with each other you can e- email us at info cottagehillchurch.com to find out the Zoom room number on that and then through the week you can stay connected with us in our Wednesday night prayer meeting that's on Zoom or our road to recovery for those battling substance abuse. You can email again in to find out where that is. The easiest way, maybe, for you to give is just to text to give. If you want to support us and what we're doing and help getting this word out, you can text Cottage Hill Give to the number 73256. Appreciate that. Hey, and here's what we are about cultivating a body equipped with the word and empowered by prayer to make disciples that change the world. Here we are, one small local church, like so many others, affecting the world. That's a great thing of Christianity and following Jesus, so God bless you as you do that.